You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thank you as always for joining us this week. I'm uh, giving you this report from an undisclosed location, doing Judicial Watch's work and uh, the Lord's business, as I like to think. I'm, I'm glad to be here with you again this week. Uh, a lot of new lawsuits coming out from Judicial Watch, uh, so many that I have trouble keeping up with our own lawsuits. So I'll talk about that, the misuse of the Marines by President Biden for political purposes, uh, a Hunter Biden gun scandal update with some really interesting materials from the Secret Service, uh, plus uh, new documents about uh, looks like an effort to uh, keep quiet certain concerns about the COVID vaccine, a transnational effort uh, by uh, the new records, or at least by the account of the new records that we've been able to obtain through a lawsuit. First up, of course, is the breaking news that um, evidently, and I'm kind of kind of reading headlines almost as we speak, uh, that there was another shoot down of a, a vehicle, I think in Alaskan waters, it looks like it was probably another Chinese spy vehicle, or at least that's the rampant speculation, but it highlights the escalation of the threat from China, uh, the brazen escalation uh, that was ignored by President Biden at his State of the Union, uh, which had vague um, uh, a, a vague pushback on China, but nothing terribly explicit. So, you know, this soft on China, uh, the soft on the Chinese communist approach uh, is uh, certainly endemic, typically from the left side of the political spectrum. But to be clear, many Main Street Republicans are a bit nervous about uh, highlighting the strategic threat of China because of the corporate investment um, uh, that there is in China and, and the fact that we now rely on China for so much of uh, our consumer goods and others and other goods that are quite important to our industrial base and sometimes even our defense industry. And on top of that, as I've highlighted before, we have the issue of a compromised president who through his, his I think the evidence is his, but certainly his son's business dealings with China while he was vice president and after he was vice president while he was in private sector have compromised him. I mean, Judicial Watch has highlighted how Hunter went to China at least five times on Air Force Two uh, with Joe Biden. And so I can't imagine this isn't part of the calculation uh, when China is uh, figuring out what to do vis-a-vis -vis the United States. We think, uh, I'm just uh, gaming out what the Chinese communists might be thinking, well, Joe's on the take. So we've got him over a barrel, so let's push because he knows what we know about him. And so I, I think that's placed our national security at risk. Uh, Judicial Watch has launched a series of FOIAs on the Chinese balloon scandal. Uh, and of course, you know, you have the subsequent dishonesty uh, by the Biden administration and the media uh, by falsely suggesting initially that uh, this quote happened under Trump, when in fact there's little to no information that at least the civilians who are running the defense um, of our country under Trump were made aware of this. Uh, so I don't even believe uh, anything this administration is saying with respect to Trump, but FOIAs will help, I think, elucidate or uh, disclose uh, what the truth is about this. But in the meantime, we face this increasing threat from China. 
and uh, which we uh, invited an escalation from in refusing to shoot down the balloon that traversed our our uh, country uh, for the better part of a week. Uh, by all accounts, now a 200 foot tall balloon. So think of a, a balloon that's 20 stories tall with a payload the size of a small jet airliner. Inexcusable that we hadn't taken action. And I just, I'm highlighting this issue because I think there is a connection between Biden's corruption and the China's provocations. And I think the same goes for the invasion of Ukraine. And I'm going to say it again and again and again, because I guarantee you, you aren't hearing this from the mainstream media or other folks who follow these stories closely. Uh, so once again, Judicial Watch taking the lead in investigating uh, the uh, issue of malign Chinese activities here in the United States, and specifically with respect uh, to Joe Biden and his administration. Uh, also, there's more breaking news about the fact, I guess, the Justice Department found more classified documents in the home of Vice President Pence. And of course, I'm sure the Biden uh, uh, administration is quite happy at that because it provides additional distraction from the fact that he had classified records not only from his time as Vice President, but from his time as Senator, senator which is most legally, uh, most legally significant. As I've highlighted for you before, my understanding of the law, and because uh, informed by a case Judicial Watch lost, that typically documents that are classified or had been classified, but are in the custody of a president or frankly under the law of vice president after the leave office uh, should be treated as personal records. So when you hear the media saying they found classified materials, you know, that's a legal conclusion that I think needs to be tested. And um, of course, there's continued harassment of uh, uh, Mike Pence as well from the Biden Justice Department, where they reportedly have issued a subpoena to him as it relates to January 6th. And this is, in my view, another instance of uh, or further confirmation that the Justice Department has been thoroughly politicized and essentially you have one party misusing the grand jury process and the Justice Department's um, powers and authorities to target their political opposition. One party investigating another over one party disputing the election of the winning candidate. Just an incredible third world authoritarian approach to the rule of law. And I tell you, uh, we've got to uh, deal with this directly in the sense that uh, if uh, the House Republicans do anything, it must be to hold the Justice Department accountable for their decision to uh, use their awesome powers, meaning really significant powers, uh, to target their political opposition, including uh, the vice president, the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, who, uh, by all accounts, is considering running for president. So there are now two candidates, presumptively, one, one is a candidate, President Trump, and now Mike Pence has been targeted, and he's likely to run, by the Justice Department over their involvement in the debate about Biden's election. Just core First Amendment speech. And so we've been exposing uh, some of that. And obviously, uh, we were prepared uh, to uh, uh, pursue further the Justice Department's decision making in terms of harassing President uh, Trump and Vice President Pence over documents while protecting Joe, while protecting Joe. Uh, so this scandal just continues. And my fear is 
The House Republicans really don't know what to do about it. And so uh, Judicial Watch is just going to provide the leadership. That's all we can do. Uh, and because uh, there's a political side to this that you should be aware of for Republicans, because some Republicans don't want Trump to be the nominee. So they're not all too excited about taking on the Justice Department because the Justice Department may be doing some of their dirty work for them. They don't mind Trump is under the gun here. But to me, this is a rule of law issue. It's not about politics. And uh, Judicial Watch, once again, will be on the forefront. We've got at least a half a dozen lawsuits on this issue uh, related to the abuses of documents. And uh, we're all over the January 6th issue. And before I move away from January 6th, I want to highlight that uh, Judicial Watch has ongoing litigation to gain access to the 14,000 hours of video that the Pelosi Congress had been hiding and the 270 emails that the Pelosi Congress had been hiding about January 6th. Now, it's no longer the Pelosi Congress. It's now the McCarthy Congress. When is Speaker McCarthy going to release the videos? When is he going to release the emails? When is he going to acknowledge under the law, as we allege, and I think he should, uh, that the public has a legal right to know um, uh, about these videos and gain access to them and about these emails? And the emails largely are about uh, the communications of uh, U.S. Capitol Police and their over and their and their political overseers, uh, the the police board in the Capitol, around about the January sixth disturbance. Why are they hiding this material? You can get I can guarantee you if it was helpful to their cause, that January sixth Rump Committee uh, would have been out there uh, releasing it. So uh, it's now. Well over a month since uh, Speaker McCarthy's been Speaker, and he needs to deal with this immediately, in my view. I mean, people are being punished still for questioning, as I highlighted, Biden's um, uh, election. And uh, they use the January 6th disturbance as a pretext to do all sorts of abusive investigations. So the full truth about that needs to be exposed as soon as possible so the American people can have a fuller context as to who did what and how things happened on January 6th. If indeed it's as important as the left media tells us it is, uh, we certainly shouldn't be the only one asking for all the videos to be released, don't you think? So next up is, um, speaking of uh, the Bidens, again, Judicial Watch is doing the heavy lifting that uh, Congress uh, too often has failed to do and maybe will finally start doing. There was a scandal I, I, uh, I've highlighted for you recently about Hunter Biden's uh, gun. Uh, supposedly his uh, then-girlfriend, the widow of his brother, uh, took a gun, was mad at Hunter about something, and took Hunter's gun and threw it in um, a trash container or a dumpster near a school, and it, I think it was recovered. And uh, the reporting out of Politico and The Blaze is that law federal law enforcement went to uh, the store where Hunter purchased the gun and vacuumed up the records. Now, they had no really no real business doing that other than to provide political cover for Hunter. So Judicial Watch sued for such records, and uh, we got the runaround. They first said they didn't have records, and then they said, oh, well, maybe we do have records, and we can release them to you. Well, we finally got the records. And they're very interesting because they show the Secret Service working to carefully deny that they were involved while officials were debating in the back in the background well maybe maybe we were involved did anyone ask us to do a favor here so you've got this understanding that maybe something informal was done 
uh, while the uh, Secret Service is denying to the media that they, quote, have no records about it. In fact, we found documents that was, um, uh, I think we found, how many documents did we get? I think it was 487 pages of records uh, from the Secret Service. And uh, the records show that agencies of, that agency officials uh, discussed media reports about the alleged involvement of the Secret Service uh, with an, one of the agents um, or officials finding it, quote, odd that the Secret Service was involved in the investigation when Joe and Hunter Biden were not receiving Secret Service protection at the time. Another Judicial Watch uh, official, excuse me, another Secret Service official responds, well, maybe we were asked for a favor. Well, isn't that curious? The records show the agency also alerted the Biden White House and crafted, as I said, a public, a careful public statement, um, uh, insisting that it, quote, had no involvement in this alleged incident and refusing to provide any additional certification or clarification uh, to media inquiries. On October 29, 2020, a person whose name is redacted emails a Secret Service official in the Protective Intelligence and Assessment Division of the Secret Service with a link to a Blaze article published earlier that day, reporting that Halley Biden had taken a handgun owned by Hunter in October 2018 and threw it into a supermarket trash bin. The official then forwards the article to another official in the PID, this Secret Service agency. Uh, the official whose name is redacted later comments in this chain, oh dear. After being forwarded the same Blaze article, another official tells Kyle, tells his colleagues, as, and this is I, as I described earlier, it's kind of odd that we were involved in the missing gun investigation when neither Hunter or Joe were even receiving Secret Service protection at the time. Hmm. Another official applies, replies, uh, maybe we were asked for a favor. So here their instinct isn't, oh, this is obviously false. We would never do something like this. It's like, well, how did we do something like this? Maybe it was an informal process. And so the rest of the documents show, or the other parts of the document disclosure show that the uh, Secret Service uh, crafted a statement, as I said, that was very cribbed in my view. So according to Politico, uh, in his email communications, uh, the reporter tells uh, the Secret Service that agents visited the uh, the store and asked to take possession of the paperwork Hunter had filled out to purchase a gun there. The FBI also had some involvement in the investigation. And then the communications office then drafts and distributes internally a proposed response labeled, uh, you know, draft, pre-decisional draft. And by say, by putting it like that, uh, they uh, evidently were trying to keep it away. Uh, from prying eyes, uh, because it's hard to get documents that are labeled pre-decisional. The resident agent in charge of the Wilmington resident office reported that all agents in his office denied any involvement. The political reporter refused to provide any details on the source of the information or that he was in the possession of any official document which uh, where we were identified. The statement has been drafted to address any implication that anyone from the service was involved in this incident. And this is the statement. U.S. Secret Service records confirm that the agency did not provide protection to any member of the Biden family in 2018 and that the Secret Service had no involvement in this alleged incident. And then um, they sent that along to the White House. And then after receiving the statement, uh, the reporter writes, hey, just to clarify, did the Secret Service agents ever visit uh, that, that gun store and request records related to Hunter Biden? 
And this is the kicker. A Secret Service official whose name is redacted replies, Ben, to reiterate, the Secret Service had no involvement in this alleged incident. So rather than saying no, they use that odd construct. Don't you agree? So I don't know if this kind of clarifies or even answers the question. Certainly, uh, it suggests that you can be have informal roles uh, in this type of investigation. And then um, the Secret Service can say, well, there are no records. Well, that's not inconsistent, isn't it? And so Hunter, I believe Hunter on this, because in Hunter's text messages has reported, this is what he says. And this was reported in the Daily Mail. She stole a gun out of my trunk lockbox and threw it in a garbage can full to the top at Jansen's, which I guess is the store. Then she told me it was my problem to deal with. Then when the police, the FBI, the Secret Service came on the scene, she said she took it from me because she was scared I would harm myself due to my drug use, a drug and alcohol problem in our volatile relationship, and that she was afraid for the kids. Well, you know, did the Secret Service do that? I think there's a lot more here to the story. And I said, Hunter's, you know, Hunter may have had his drug and alcohol problems, but he isn't dumb. And I guarantee you, he knew what he was talking about when he met the FBI and the Secret Service. So certainly, uh, Politico didn't back off from the story. They reported it out. Hunter has these separate text messages suggesting something like that happened. And then A, the Secret Service has its own document problems. Remember, they were confused about whether confused about whether there were any documents in response to this case. And then, um, then they have this careful denial. And then, of course, you have Hunter suggesting it actually happened. Uh, so there's nothing here that suggests that um, uh, the Secret Service, or I shouldn't say, uh, it remains to be seen uh, what is the nature of the Secret Service's role here. And there's nothing here, in my view, that would rule it out necessarily. So whether we're, I don't think we're going to get any more documents about this, um, and we may fight with some of the redactions here. Uh, but again, this is another instance, in my view, of uh, uh, the government being uh, misused on its face uh, to help Hunter Biden out. And how do we know this happened? Well, Hunter Biden's text messages and independent reporting by the media and our documents that we obtained from the Secret Service under a FOIA lawsuit uh, really don't undermine any of that, uh, any of the notion or uh, any part of the notion uh, that there was this abuse of uh, law enforcement resources at the federal level to protect Hunter Biden and obviously Joe from this gun scandal. So uh, we have a new lawsuit or the results of another lawsuit, I should say, on COVID. And uh, we're very interested in providing Americans everything that they have a right to on the safety and efficacy of the COVID vaccines. And uh, as you know, that's very controversial. And Judicial Watch, again, has been the leader in exposing what's been going on with COVID policy, the origins, and as I said, the safety and efficacy of the vaccines, including testing. Well, we have new records that came out as a result of a FOIA lawsuit uh, for records about um, uh, emails or emails sent to and from members of the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee regarding adverse events, deaths, and or injuries caused by the invest by investigatory vaccines for the prevention or treatment of SARS-CoV-2 and or COVID-19 currently produced by Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna, 
and or Johnson and Johnson. And that's the central advocacy or advisory body, along with the advisory committee on immunization practices, uh, advising whether to approve COVID vaccines. So it's a major body that you've never heard of that blesses these vaccines. And the exchange is extremely interesting because uh, it's only 57 pages. Uh, but again, they were, it was extracted, uh, these documents were extracted as a result of a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. So it wasn't a voluntary disclosure, which is par from the course from the corrupt Health and Human Services Department. So in a lengthy, heavily redacted December 2020 email exchange, uh, US and UK health officials uh, placed a heavy emphasis on their, quote, mutual confidentiality agreement and a discussion regarding anaphylactoid reactions to the COVID vaccine. And I, my understanding, anaphylactoid reactions means an allergic reaction, more or less. That's my understanding. The exchange is initiated by Jonathan Mudford, who is the policy director at the UK Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, and it's sent to uh, acting FDA commissioner at the time, Janet Woodcock, as well as Peter Marks, who's director uh, for the Biological Evaluation and Research Center. Uh, the subject line and body of the email is fully redacted under FOIA exemption B3, which is um, essentially the law prevents them from releasing it, so they say. Uh, they talk about two cases, and this is a quote, two cases of anaphylactoid uh, reactions to individuals with a strong past history of allergic reaction. Marks replies to Mugford in, uh, Mugford obviously is in, as I said, in the UK. Um, it would be very helpful if our Office of Vaccines could receive additional details, and then something's redacted uh, from the UK agency under the terms of our mutual confidentiality agreement. Attached are blank, redacted again. Hope that's helpful in the meantime, uh, Mugford replies. Uh, and then he says, if I can just remind you, the information is shared under a confidentiality agreement. So I want to know what this confidentiality agreement was that was uh, regulating the sharing of information about adverse events, it looks like here, about the COVID vaccines and what's being kept secret. I mean, what, what's going on here that we have, again, another confidentiality agreement uh, it looks like terms agreed to with a foreign power to keep information from the American people about the safety and efficacy of the vaccines. We just covered this. So in addition to these, uh, what I think are disturbing documents, uh, there's talk about um, uh, COVID and pregnancies and other documents that raise additional questions. On May 14th, 2021, uh, the CDC's Dr. Amanda Cohen emailed Office of Vaccines Research and Review Director Marion Gruber and the Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research Director Peter Marks again with the subject line, co-administration of COVID-19 vaccines with other vaccines during pregnancy. Gruber writes, I'm fine with this language. Mark then responds to Cohen and her CDC colleague, Sarah Meribay, by saying, I can live with this too. Please let me know if you want to connect about the adverse event issue later today. Seems like work is still ongoing, but let me know, thanks. Cohen replies, we have a meeting with Rochelle, presumably Rochelle Rolensky at the CDC at 3.30. And if we should say any about if we should say anything or wait until we have more definitive information. Again, about if we should say anything or wait until we have more definitive information. 
I will let you know where we land. I'm not sure there is a right answer. So where did they land? Did we get all the information they had about uh, these potential adverse events that looks like related to pregnancy and the COVID vaccines? And it looks to me like they were willing, which is scandalous, to hide information uh, that I think should have been released as soon as practical. And again, it took a lawsuit for the Biden administration, a federal lawsuit for the Biden administration to hand over, albeit heavily redacted, information regarding the safety of the COVID vaccines that the public has every right to know about. The disturbing batch of new documents uncovered a secret confidentiality agreement tied to COVID vaccine safety issues and emails that raised new questions about the vaccines and pregnancy. So we have many, many lawsuits and many disclosures. I can't go through them all here, uh, but this is just adding to the pile of disclosures that raise serious questions about the way uh, these vaccines were handled, tested, and vetted uh, by our public health agencies here in the United States. And on top of that, we have agreements with foreign powers, in this case, the United Kingdom, potentially to keep some of this information away from the American people. And you may recall that Judicial Watch previously uncovered that when we were initially investigating the emergence of COVID in China, uh, we had a confidentiality agreement, the terms of which were dictated, in, I think, by the Chinese, according to the document, the Chinese communists, that were guiding our analysis there. So it's not just the UK that we had a confidentiality agreement with. We had a confidentiality agreement about COVID with the Chinese. So did you know the Chinese communists were controlling information that the American uh, uh, government officials were able to share with the American people? Well, I bet you didn't, but you now know, if you hadn't followed us before, from Judicial Watch. Not from Congress, not from the media, not from a voluntary disclosure from the government, but because of a FOIA lawsuit that we had to file because the government refused to follow the law and provide the information. So more is coming on this. We are getting document after document on COVID and vaccines and such. And you can be sure I'll be back with you in future updates with more details on what we're, what we're finding and what else we're going to be filing in terms of lawsuits to get the full truth. So one of the, uh, the most disturbing speeches that I recall in my lifetime, and I don't think there's anything comparable, at least in the modern American political context, uh, was the speech by uh, President Biden up in Philadelphia. Uh, the infamous red speech in September of last year, uh, where he essentially attacked his political opponents as fascists and uh, the implication of which they should be deprived of all the rights and, uh, and protections that the Constitution affords one. Just uh, a terribly authoritarian speech. And of course, you had this imagery, uh, as I call it, the red speech, where he was speaking before a red background that I think was purposeful uh, to add to the air of intimidation. Now included behind him at that political speech, which was obviously a campaign speech, were Marines. And many noted at the time, what were Marines being used, uh, why were they being used as props for this uh, hate speech by Biden? And uh, Judicial Watch followed up because unlike the media and Congress and such, we just don't forget about abuses. We try to figure out what went on. And so we asked for records about uh, communications related to uh, the use of the Marines. 
We filed the lawsuit after the Defense Department failed to comply with an October 31st, 2022 request for all communications within the Office of the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of Navy, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and Commander of the Marine Corps, and those uh, shared with the White House Military Office of the Office of the President regarding the Marines standing behind the President during his September 1st, 2022 speech in Philadelphia. So we asked for these documents when? Back in October uh, 31st, the end of October, and it's now February, and we still don't have the information. Now, how many darn emails could there be? So they know where it is. They know it's easily gettable, but they've refused to turn it over. And I think this is evidence of a cover-up. They're breaking federal FOIA law to hide information about Biden's red speech and his evident abuse of our military forces, the service members and the Marines, uh, to uh, stand as uh, backdrops and as uh, props uh, for his political hate speech. Biden's infamous, and as I noted, Biden's infamous red speech uh, painted a target on Trump and tens of millions of Americans for political suppression and worse. And on top of that, you have, as I said, the Pentagon violating federal law by hiding records about Biden's misuse of our military in his attempt to intimidate Americans. So this was an awful speech uh, in terms of the appearance of the president uh, seemingly threatening Americans in this uh, in this awful lighting that uh, you'd have to go back to totalitarian dictators to see similar setups and props. I just can't believe he did it. Uh, but you no, know, people make speeches one objects to. That's fine. But when uh, our military is used in this way. Uh, we want some accountability, and some of that accountability is getting records about what went on and who approved it and what was the thinking, and they don't want to tell us. But now they're going to have to explain to a federal court while they're hiding these documents, what they're doing to search them, and then uh, disclose them, hopefully, to Judicial Watch. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope I gave you even more reason to support Judicial Watch's great work uh, the only reason we're able to do these investigations and uh, sue the federal government and beat them in court is because of your support and the support of millions of Americans like you. Uh, you know, Judicial Watch is heavy lifting, gets results time and time again. And I encourage you to support our work. You can go to judicialwatch.org. If you're supporting us already, make another donation. If you're not, make your first donation. But at least share the information we're giving to you as a result of these lawsuits the government doesn't want anyone to know about. Get the word out. Because our country needs saving and the rule of law needs protecting. With that, I hope to see you again here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.